Section 45, Volume 2 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 45. When it was the one hundred and fifteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young merchant continued to Tash al-Muluk. Now, when I kicked the daughter of my uncle in the breast, she fell on the edge of the raised pavement in the saloon, and her brow struck upon a wooden peg. Thereby her forehead was cut open, and the blood ran down, but she was silent and did not utter a single sound. Presently she rose up and made some tinder of rags, then staunching with it the bleeding wound, bound her forehead with a bandage, after which she wiped up the blood that had fallen on the carpet, and it was as if nothing had been. Presently she came up to me and, smiling in my face, said with gentle voice, By Allah, O son of my uncle, I spake not these words to mock at thee or at her but I was troubled with an ache in my head, and was minded to be blooded. But now thou hast eased my head, and lightened my brow. So tell me what hath befallen thee to-day. Thereupon I told her all that had passed between me and her that day. And she wept as she heard my words, and said, O son of my uncle, rejoice at the good tidings of thy desire being fulfilled, and thine aim being attained. Of a truth this is a sign of acceptance, for that she stayed away only because she wishes to try thee, and know if thou be patient or not, and sincere in thy love for her, or otherwise. To-morrow repair to her at the old place, and see what sign she maketh to thee, for indeed thy gladness is near, and the end of thy sadness is at hand and she went on to comfort me, but my cark and care ceased not to increase on me. Presently she brought me food which I kicked away with my foot, so that contents of every saucer was scattered in all directions, and I said, Every lover is a madman, he inclineth not to food, neither enjoyeth his sleep. And my cousin Aziza rejoined, by Allah, O son of my uncle, these be in very deed the signs of love. And the tears streamed down her cheeks, when as she gathered the fragments of the saucers, and wiped up the food. Then she took seat and talked to me, whilst I prayed Allah to hasten the dawn. At last, when morning arose with its sheen and shine, I went out to seek her, and hastening to her by-street, sat down on that bench, when, lo! The wicket opened, and she put out her head, laughing. Then she disappeared within, and returned with a mirror, a bag, and a pot full of green plants, and she held in hand a lamp. The first thing she did was to take the mirror, and, putting it into the bag, tie it up, and throw it back into the room. Then she let down her hair over her face, and set the lamp on the pot of flowers during the twinkling of an eye. Then she took up all the things, and went away, shutting the window, without saying a word. My heart was riven by this state of the case, and by her secret signals, her mysterious secrets, and her utter silence. 
and thereby my longing waxed more violent and my passion and distraction redoubled on me so i retracted my steps tearful-eyed and heavy-hearted and returned home where i found the daughter of my uncle sitting with her face to the wall for her heart was burning with grief and galling jealousy albeit her affection forbade her to acquaint me with what she suffered of passion and pining when she saw the excess of my longing and distraction then i looked at her and saw on her head two bandages one on account of the accident to her forehead and the other over her eye in consequence of the pain she endured for stress of weeping and she was in miserable plight shedding tears and repeating these couplets i number nights indeed i count night after night yet lived i long ere learnt so sore account to see ah dear friend i compass not what allah pleased to doom for laila nor what allah destined for me ah to other giving her and unto me her love what loss but Lila's loss would he i ever dree ah and when she had finished her reciting she looked towards me and seeing me through her tears wiped them away and came up to me hastily but could not speak for excess of love so she remained silent for some while and then said o oh, my cousin tell me what befell thee with her this time i told her all that had passed and she said be patient for the time of thy union is come and thou hast attained the object of thy hopes as for her signal to thee with a mirror which she put in the bag it said to thee when the sun is set and the letting down of her hair over her face signified when night is near and letteth fall the blackness of the dark and hath starkened the daylight come hither as for her gesture with a pot of green plants it meant when thou comest enter the flower-garden which is behind the street and as for her sign with the lamp it denoted when thou enterest the flower-garden walk down it and make for the place where thou seest the lamp shining and seat thyself beneath it and await me for the love of thee is killing me when i heard these words from my cousin i cried out from excess of passion and said how long wilt thou promise me and i go to her but get not my will nor find any true sense in thine interpreting upon this she laughed and replied it remaineth for thee but to have patience during the rest of this day till the light darken and the night darkener and thou shalt enjoy union and accomplish thy hopes and indeed all my words be without leasing then she repeated these two couplets let days their faults and plies deploy and shun the house that deals annoy full oft when joy seems farthest far thou nightmost art to hour of joy then she drew near to me and began to comfort me with soothing speech but dared not bring me aught of food fearing lest i be angry with her and hoping i might incline to her so when coming to me she only took off my upper garment and said to me sit o my cousin that i may divert thee with talk till the end of the day and almighty allah willing as soon as it is night thou shalt be with thy beloved but i paid no heed to her and ceased not looking for the approach of darkness saying o lord 
hasten the coming of the night. And when the night set in, the daughter of my uncle wept with sore weeping, and gave me a crumb of pure musk, and said to me, O oh, my cousin, put this crumb in thy mouth, and when thou hast won union with thy beloved, and hast taken thy will of her, and she hath granted thee thy desire, repeat to her this couplet. Who, lovers all, by Allah say me sooth, what shall he do when love sore vexes youth? And she kissed me and swore me not to repeat this couplet till I should be about to leave my lover, and I said, Hearing is obeying. And when it was supper-tide I went out, and ceased not walking on till I came to the flower-garden whose door I found open. So I entered, and seeing a light in the distance, made towards it, and reaching it came to a great pavilion vaulted over with a dome of ivory and ebony and the lamp hung from the midst of the dome the floor was spread with silken carpets embroidered in gold and silver and under the lamp stood a great candle burning in the candelabrum of gold in mid-pavilion was a fountain adorned with all manner of figures and by its side stood a table covered with a silken napkin and on its edge a great porcelain bottle full of wine with a cup of crystal inlaid with gold near all these was a large tray of silver covered over and when i uncovered it i found therein fruits of every kind figs and pomegranates grapes and oranges citrons and shaddocks disposed amongst an infinite variety of sweet-scented flowers such as rose jasmine myrtle eglantine narcissus and all sorts of sweet-smelling herbs i was charmed with the place and i joyed with exceeding joy albeit i found not there a living soul and my grief and anxiety ceased from me and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the one hundred and sixteenth night she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young merchant continued to Taj al-Molok. I was charmed with the place, and joyed with great joy, albeit there I found not a living soul of almighty Allah's creatures, and saw nor slave nor handmaid to oversee these things, or to watch and ward these properties. So I sat down in the pavilion to await the coming of the beloved of my heart. But the first hour of the night passed by, and the second hour, and the third hour, and still she came not. Then hunger grew sore upon me, for that it was long since I had tasted food by reason of the violence of my love. But when I found the place, even as my cousin had told me, and saw the truth of her interpretation of my beloved's signs, my mind was set at rest, and I felt the pangs of hunger. Moreover, the odour of the vines on the table excited me to eat. So, making sure of attaining my desire, and being famished for food, I went up to the table and raised the cover, and found in the middle a china dish containing four chickens reddened with roasting and seasoned with spices, round the which were four saucers, one containing sweetmeats, another conserve of pomegranate seeds, a third almond pastry, and a fourth honey fritters, and the contents of these saucers were part sweet and part sour. So I ate of the fritters and a piece of meat, 
then went on to the almond cakes and ate what i could after which i fell upon the sweetmeats whereof i swallowed a spoonful or two or three or four ending with part of a chicken and a mouthful of something beside upon this my stomach became full and my joints loose and i waxed too drowsy to keep awake so i laid my head on a cushion after having washed my hands and sleep overcame me i knew not what happened to me after this and i awoke not till the sun's heat scorched me for that i had never once tasted sleep for days past when i awoke i found on my stomach a piece of salt and a bit of charcoal so i stood up and shook my clothes and turned to look right and left but could see no one and discovered that i had been sleeping on the marble pavement without bedding beneath me i was perplexed thereat and afflicted with great affliction the tears ran down my cheeks and i mourned for myself then i returned home and when i entered i found my cousin beating her hands on her bosom and weeping tears like rain shedding clouds and she versified with these couplets blows from my lover's land a sea for coolly sweet and with its every breath makes old and love new glow o safer of the morning hour come show to us each lover hath his lot his share of joy and woe could i but win one dearest wish we had embraced with what embrace and clip of breast fond lovers know allah forbids while bides unseen my cousin's face all joys the world can give or hand of time bestow would heaven i knew his heart were like this heart of me melted by passion flame and charged with longing owl when she saw me she rose in haste and wiped away her tears and addressed me with her soft speech saying o son of my uncle verily allah hath been gracious to thee in thy love for that she whom thou lovest loveth thee whilst i pass my time in weeping and bewailing my servants from thee who blames me and chidest me but may allah not punish thee for my sake thereupon she smiled in my face a smile of reproach and caressed me then taking off my walking clothes she spread them out and said by allah this is not the scent of one who hath enjoyed his lover so tell me what hath befallen thee o my cousin i told her all that had passed and she smiled again a smile of reproach and said verily my heart is full of pain but may he not live who would hurt thy heart indeed this woman maketh herself inordinately dear and difficult to thee and by allah o son of my uncle i fear for thee from her o my cousin that the meaning of the salt is thou west drowned in sleep like insipid food disgustful to the taste and it is as though she said to thee it behoveth thou be salted lest the stomach eject thee for thou professest to be of the lovers noble and true but sleep is unlawful and to a lover undue therefore is thy love but a lie however it is her love for thee that lieth for she saw thee asleep yet aroused thee not and were her love for thee true she had indeed awoken thee as for the charcoal it means allah blacken thy face for thou makest a lying presence of love 
whereas thou art not but a child and hast no object in life other than eating and drinking and sleeping such is the interpretation of her signs and may allah almighty deliver thee from her when i heard my cousin's words i beat my hand upon my breast and cried out by allah this is the very truth for i slept and lovers sleep not indeed i have sinned against myself for what could have wrought me more hurt than eating and sleeping now what shall i do then i wept sore and said to the daughter of my uncle tell me how to act and have pity on me so may allah have pity on thee else i shall die as my cousin loved me with very great love and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section forty five of the book of a thousand nights and a night volume two read by lars rolander